Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I think we all have this sort of like concern of of how we're going to survive you know right. it's not even like what am I going to earn you know a lot of money or enough it's always whether I'm going to earn enough money you know to feed my family or to survive my name is Spree Devora host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This episode is powered by the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the Manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and Ecosystem Facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. And oh my gosh, right now I am in Sarajevo, Bosnia at United Nations. This is crazy. Hi, yeah. Tanya. What day hi, is it? Hi, Esprit. It's, it's, it's Bosnia, not Boston, for, for all your listeners. <laughs> Bosnia, yes. Because Bosnia. You, Bosnia usually gets confused with Boston <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, and it is the International Day of the Girl. Yes, that's correct. And, and so what happened today? Yeah, well, we are marking the, the event, the International Day of the Girl, here at the United Nations in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Luckily, we had we were fortunate enough to have you here today with us, and uh, I'm very grateful for having you uh, doing this uh, inspirational talk uh, to our wonderful audience and uh, for just uh, mingling and uh, learning about each other. And go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Tanya Majarovic. I'm an electrical engineer. I finished school uh, here in uh, Bosnia and uh, in Croatia. I work, I have two jobs. Like right now, I, uh, I coordinate uh, the initiative called IT Girls that is supported by the United Nations in Bosnia and Herzegovina. But I also have a, an, another technical job of a data analyst uh, working for another private company here in Sarajevo as well. And when would you say was that first moment you fell in love with technology? I have to uh, go back to what you were talking about also during uh, during your uh, talk here at United Nations, and it was my dad actually. Um, 
Yeah, he's the main reason why I'm so much in love with mathematics, first of all, and then uh, uh, everything else related to, to STEM. Uh, when I was, well, I have to tell you first that I'm a son, not a daughter. It's something of culturally that is being used here in the Balkans region right. for whatever reason. So usually uh, parents call their uh, daughters sons. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the case in my family as well. And my mom even calls me son even today sometimes. She would call me up on the phone and tell me, hey, son, happy International Women's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. You totally. Know? <laughs> so basically, uh, when I, uh, they are also both engineers, I must say. Uh, my dad is a professor at the university. And uh, he was always so passionate about mathematics. And uh, he would always help me in primary school and doing uh, like homework uh, in math. He would get like really... Uh, excited and uh, was always willing to help me with it. So I got it from him, basically. And um, so I was sort of a, a natural, naturally good in mathematics. And uh, it, it continued like through the secondary school and also my college. One of the gentlemen in the audience today is a father of a girl in tech. And, and he was asking me, how can... I uh, help empower more women. What would you say is advice that you'd give to our guys listening right now? What's something that they can do to help foster more empowering women in tech and girls in tech? Well, they have to give them space. And uh, also women and girls in tech, they also need to sort of take that space as well and uh, and tell their story. Uh, that That is my opinion. Uh, research, research shows that basically... Uh, Role models are the ones that are uh, inspiring and motivating younger generation girls to uh, start learning about STEM. Uh, role models and leaders such as yourself should be able to sort of break the barriers and talk about STEM, you know, areas like like it's like like it's English literature or like it's I don't know. Uh, ecology or <laughs> I'm saying stupid things. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. I mean, I, I think this is, a, I think this is a great, I think this is a great point is, um, I read one of the girls that was asking a question and before she asked the question, she said, you know, sorry if I'm being annoying. And I think as, um, Women, I just noticed we all do that a lot, that whole being apologetic for who we are or apologetic for what we're about to say. Before we even say something, we apologize for it. Sorry that I'm speaking. Sorry that I exist. You know, like, I, uh, I think that it would be really great if, um, our fellow sisters would just remind us we don't have to apologize for ourselves all the time. Yes, definitely. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So your dad exposed you to technology, just as my father exposed me to technology growing up, and that played a major influence. What were the first steps that you saw parlaying it from being a curiosity as a child into becoming more of a professional career? Did you study in school? Well, yes, I studied uh, data mining in uh, my during my master's degree, but it was before, like during during university. Uh, I have to say that it was one professor, and she was a female professor, that was uh, that really got me thinking about you know like 
having a career in, in technology and uh, she was uh, teaching databases and uh, uh, she was my mentor also for my during my undergraduate studies but uh, uh, she was the role model for me I would say and uh, yeah mm-hmm. what and then and then you went from school and then after school uh, what was the first professional experience that you embarked on Hmm. Well, I don't know how... how By the way, I, did you grow up in Bosnia the whole time? Yes, I did. I grew up in Bosnia, but uh, I uh, was one of the only people, not just girls, but people in, during undergraduate studies that was also working at the same mm-hmm. time. It's not a, a, in our culture to go to university and work at the same time. But uh, unfortunately, during the because we had war, as you know, and yeah. uh, after the war, American troops were deployed uh, in the vicinity of my hometown. So I basically started working for uh, the telecommunication company called Sprint, which is uh, which was the third largest in the United States at the time. And uh, they were actually providing telecommunication services for U.S. Army soldiers that were deployed in, in, uh, in the vicinity of Tuzla, around 20,000 people. So uh, while studying, I, I was professionally exposed to helping customers with cert- certain problems they had with their computers, with their network connection, with their phone, etc. And uh, th- this experience lasted for 10 years. And then uh, 10 years, that's a very long time. <laughs> yes, they were here for a long time. And uh, actually, I worked for, for Sprint for about six years. And it was a really hard time for me because um, I worked in shifts. So it was like I would go to work and then go to school afterwards or vice versa. But uh, during those times when I was supposed to like go out and have fun with my friends, you know, uh, the only thing I knew about was my bed or my uh, work desk or, you know, like school. Was it worth it? Yes. And and what advice would you give yourself back then now, now that you've been through the other side of it? What would you tell yourself? To relax more. Mm, all of us, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. To relax more, to uh, enjoy the journey, not to think about the destination, just like you were talking earlier today. Uh, to sort of uh, not hurry and not worry, I would say. Because uh, I, I think culture in Bosnia is uh, such that... We are constantly, you know, like under this cloud of concern for uh, existential survival, I would say. This is the country with, with the really the lowest standard in the whole of Europe. Uh, people, even if they have a good standard or good salary in Bosnia and Herzegovina, when you compare it to other countries in the region or in, in the rest of the Europe, it's really, really small. So uh, that's why we are, we have this, I, I think we all, all have this sort of like concern of, of how we're going to survive, you know. Right. It's not even like, what am I going to earn, you know, a lot of money or enough. It's always whether I'm going to learn, earn enough money, you know, to feed my family or to survive. Or So that's, that's one thing. Uh, at the same time, traveling around the world, I realized that Besides the fact that we are kind of poor, we are also capable and not lagging behind in terms of intelligence, in terms of 
just capabilities in like uh, learning, uh, doing things, achieving, and uh, that's that's been the the evidence. I mean, there have there have been some evidence of that. When I said don't hurry, I mean that where why hurry? You know why why to hurry to finish college? Why to hurry to uh, anywhere? I mean, I I think that people just, just should just enjoy the life as it is. Right. What was the opportunity after Sprint? Where did you go from there? Uh, when I finished uh, university and uh, at the time I uh, worked at uh, Sprint. At one point I, I was enough of work and everything and I really wanted to quit. So I, I quit. <laughs> and I wanted to go to this festival. <laughs> it's scary to quit. Uh, yes, and it's getting scarier and scarier yeah. as you grow older, I guess. I don't know why. <laughs> I yeah, yeah I understand that. Mm-hmm. It's always different types of fear, right? Yeah. And okay, so after after Sprint and that you quit, and then what happened? Yeah, I, I actually uh, I found a job with a local company that was doing a lot of technical stuff, doing web hosting. And uh, I stayed with this company for maybe three or four years. And they sort of changed their core business into education. So that is how I sort of like started doing this tech education courses and uh, just working with with young, with old, with older, uh, with professionals. And uh, it was very valuable experience for me. At the same time, I was also finishing my master's degree in, in uh, data mining for uh, telecommunication companies. And uh, when I was supposed to write my thesis, I really could not do both again, you know, like work yeah. and study. So I quit the job again. And uh, I dedicated, I don't know, like nine months to finish my thesis. And it was very successful. So uh, after finishing that, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, and uh, I was thinking about starting my own business and uh, was looking for ideas and thinking about ideas. So that is when I realized or came with this idea to open up a, a platform like an online platform for ordering and delivering food from restaurants in the in my local community. Right. As a thesis paper. No, that was after finishing uh, my master's degree. Yeah. And then did you and then you pursued that company? Yes. For how long? It still it still lives today. So it's still ongoing business. And you work here at, at UNICEF, so like you're doing both. Yes, actually. So you don't sleep. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> and so what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and to utilize your tech abilities in that way? What have some of the challenges been that you've successfully overcome? Something that we could learn from? Well, I was always always a creator. I always wanted to create things, to, to make something new. And uh, enter- entrepreneurship and this project was something totally new, like un untouched territory right. that I really wanted to go into and to to see what, how am I going to feel and whether it's going to be for me. Right. And uh, uh, because I'm, I'm the kind of person who has like a lot of interests in uh, in different kinds of stuff, like from sports to music. And uh, it this was one of them. And uh, I was also I also wanted to explore the possibility of teaching people. I don't know why, why would I, I always have this desire to like 
to help people in a way right. uh, uh, and the, the cha change the way of how they sort of like think or do certain things. And this was one of those attempts because um, uh, people would usually order food uh, by phone, you know, from local restaurants. Right. And this was something totally, something totally different uh, at the time. Particularly, I mean, if you if you take into account uh, the fact that only maybe one million, maybe million and a half people used internet at that time, right? And uh, the penetration of e-commerce websites and e-commerce in general was like maybe 15 to 20 percent at the time. So we were sort of doomed from for failure from the very beginning. But you know, I had this desire to prove everyone wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was my sort of uh, fuel for, for this. Uh, and how big is the company now? Uh, well, I have to say that I didn't go into this endeavor by myself. Yeah. Uh, I was, I don't know if I wasn't secure enough, but uh, I just felt that it would be easier for me to, to do it with someone else, with a partner. So I found a partner uh, who went to school with me, to university with me. And uh, he already had a company like doing web development and uh, hosting as well. Yeah. So he helped me a lot in terms of, it was the team of four of us who, who brought the project into life. And uh, now it's actually uh, five people that are sort of, three, uh, three of them sort of live off of this project. And now you're here. We did a, a talk today at United Nations. Like, when did this become part of your life, too? Just recently, uh, I actually found out about this uh, project and initiative from a friend who saw the job posting somewhere online and uh, sent it to me saying that it's, it's meant for me because I'm this IT girl and I run different projects, so it would be natural to... Uh, to maybe take part in it as well. So I applied for the job and, uh, you know, two months after. <laughs> it takes that long, two months. <laughs> Lots of kinds of interviews and, and different uh, assessments and uh, I, I got in, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and what would you say you find the most rewarding in your work? What's that one thing that you wake up for every day? I don't, you shouldn't ask me that today. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, you produced a huge event. What's the okay, one thing that, yes. they, or what's the today, one thing that I, uh, Today, yeah. what's the <laughs> I one? woke up with this notion, with this feeling and desire just to have this event with at least 20 girls and you <laughs> and, and have it success, to be conducted successfully. So was it successful? Oh yes, very much. I'm really very happy because we did an event in half of day when uh, most people work. So I was kind of afraid that, you know, they will not be able to like come to see you, you know, because of work. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we had a full room. Oh, it was exciting. It was very exciting. And where can people touch base with you online, get to know more about who you are and what you do? Oh, I'm accessible on uh, LinkedIn. That's the platform that I use for professional networking. And yeah. Uh, I use, Can you spell I your use, name for I everybody so they could find you on LinkedIn? Twitter easily. also, uh, Facebook, Instagram. What's your Twitter handle and can you spell your name for LinkedIn? Uh, my LinkedIn profile is Tanya Majadu, spelled as T-A-N-J-A. 
My last name, M-A-D-Z-A-R-E-V-I-C. My Twitter handle is also my the first letter of my first name, T, M-A-D-Z-A-R-E-V-I-C. <laughs> but my Instagram profile is Bossy Bosnian. <laughs> so. Bossy Bosnian. That's so cute. Thank you so much, Tanya, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. What has been one book that, that you really recommend, that personal or professional? What book did you really love? Uh, the book that I really loved was the last uh, that I... Well, not the last that I read, but uh, uh, it's called The Artist Way. Oh, yeah. It's written by Julie Cameron. That's a good one. I love that book. And what did you I love was, about it? Uh, it just took me back to my childhood. It, uh, it sort of discovered parts of me that I totally forgot. And uh, it really inspired me to, to think about myself and to think about my career and my future in like completely different ways. What is your favorite app or website? Which one do you love? Gapminder.org. Gapminder? And tell us about it. Gapminder.org is the foundation that was started by uh, Hans Rosling. He was uh, the Swedish uh, statistician and the public uh, health practitioner. Uh, unfortunately, he died last year. Uh, and uh, the website is actually a tool that uh, helps you visualize different data of, and uh, get you facts about the world we live in today. So you, you get like all kinds of different information in a very intuitive and really nice way. Nice. If you go to this website, yeah. And has this been your first podcast? This has been my first podcast. <laughs> So I love asking that because so many girls listening uh, think that everyone on the podcast has been in a million podcasts. And I'd say about 99% of the girls on the podcast have never been on a podcast before. And that is just so exciting. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, 100%. to be on the podcast. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech podcast. If you guys want to connect with more incredible women around the world, remember to go to womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com takes you to straight to the Facebook group so you can connect with people there. Say hello at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, this is Tanya Majarevic. I work as a IT Girls Project Coordinator for IT Girls Initiative supported by United Nations from Bosnia and Herzegovina. And you're listening to Women in Tech. It would not be possible to celebrate all these women in tech who have been extraordinary here in the Balkan region without the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. And I'd like to welcome Nina to talk a little bit about what Swiss EP is. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. We are working in emerging markets and supporting young entrepreneurs, but also the supporting organizations like Incubator Accelerator. We started a program called Entrepreneurs in Residence, which means that experts can come and work with our startup founders here and startup teams and supporting organizations. We cover accommodation and travel expenses. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and ecosystem facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. To find out more about the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program, go to entrepreneur-in-residence.net. 
That's entrepreneur-in-residence.net. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.